podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Boom! The boys are back. The boys are back with another episode. Originally, this was supposed to be recorded and attached to the conversation I had with Grant Flanders of KSO, but both conversations went so long and I had a great time, I decided to cut it up into two episodes. So please ignore some of the uh, like timing talk and some of the stuff in there. Um, originally, it's supposed to be a two-part episode, but like I said, two great conversations, two great episodes. So buckle up. Let's talk a little football recruiting with Drew Galloway of K-State Online. The moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. And back, this time with the uh, second half of the Young Guns of KSO Tour, uh, Mr. Drew Galloway, you know, a, a fellow Topeka cat, a Washburn rule boy. So, you know, I mean, I love Flando, love Flando. In full disclosure, haven't actually recorded with Flando. I'm, re- I'm recording these out of, uh, out of order, but I, I'm partial. I, I think of all the KSO boys, my guy has to be Drew. He has to be number one on my power rankings. Granted, I think I was already graduated from college before he was in high school, but you know that's probably that, true. That, that doesn't matter. What was your first year at Washington? Uh, twenty thirteen. Okay, so no, no, because I graduated from K State in May of twenty fourteen. But All you're right, a young good, gun, but that's okay. We still love you, Drew. It's been a while, and it's probably a shame on me. Uh, it's been a while since we've had you on. How have you been? How are you adjusting to life not as a college student? Oh, it's, I mean, it's been good. It's the worst part is like the weekends, especially living in Topeka after going to college, like there's just nothing to do. <laughs> like I, I'll be sitting around on like a Friday night. I'm like, what do I do now? So, I mean, it, it's an adjustment, but it's so much fun now. Like I have a lot more time to actually do work, which is nice. Well, what you should be doing on Friday nights is going over to my friend's happy Bassett. So Happy Bassett oh, is... I've been there a few times. Happy Bassett's my favorite brewery in Topeka. They have, like, to this day, I, I will I will still say this. I think, and everyone who's listening knows I'm a pumpkin boy, hashtag pumpkin boy. They have the greatest pumpkin beer in the world at Happy Bassett. Like, I, I stand by that. Like, pure pumpkin beer. Because there's some, like, pumpkin coffee stouts that I really like and some other stuff. But the best straight-up pumpkin ale is in the fall at happy bassett so put that on your list come fall are you a pumpkin pumpkin boy are you are you on uh, the train i with mean me? pumpkin is okay i've never had pumpkin beer though so we're, we'll see how it, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes okay drew uh sometime this fall like you know if k-state plays like an 11 a.m game if you're back in topeka saturday night or maybe friday night before a game you and I are going to go to Happy Bassett. I'll buy you your first pumpkin ale because it is delicious. I promise. It just doesn't sound good, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Oh, God, Drew. I take it back. <laughs> Flando's my favorite. I take it back. 
Maybe D.Y. Maybe I'm selling D.Y. short. I don't know. I don't know. Although he is starting his own little podcast thing. So now I'm rivals with Derek Young. So it's okay. <laughs> so you and Flando will probably get a little bit more, a uh, little more play if, if uh, Derek wants to save all his insights for his own show with, uh, you know, the three Dunsketeers. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I love John and Cole and Derek. They're going to have fun over at uh, Case, er, Kansas City Sports Network. But the reason why I brought Flando on and the reason why I brought you on is because basketball is going through an entire, uh, not a rebuild, but an elevation. I think currently with like nine open scholarships, uh, and it's always recruiting season with football. So I decided to get like a little spring recruiting episode out there. First, let's just keep it as general as possible. You know, we only have the one commit legacy Mr. Beatty, uh, who's part of the Ad Astra All-Star Group, which, which is what I've dubbed this year's uh, class of top 12 Kansas kids. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but just recruiting as a whole, there's only one guy. I think some folks probably, they look down at like Texas Tech. They already have like half their class and they're in the top 10. I think they look around and they might be getting a little anxious. Here we are April 5th with only one guy. I don't think it's anything to be concerned about, but you're the expert. Are, are you worried at all that you only have one guy as we sit here on April 5th? I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily worried because they're doing as much as they can right now. They've got almost all of their top prospects outside of Joe Otting, who at this time hasn't visited, but will this week, has been to campus. All the visits have gone really well. And I think if you also look around, it's not like their top prospects are committing elsewhere. It's just they aren't committed right now anywhere. And like they're all exploring options. And some of them have got their recruiting just started late. Like Jordan Allen didn't get his first offer until I think it was March or February. Wesley Fair didn't get his first offer until January. And kind of the like the way that it's gone and the way that it's taken a little bit for everybody to come off the board is part of the reason why they're turning up with Avery Johnson. It's part of the reason that they're still in the game with Dylan Edwards. Because if those two would have committed earlier, I, I don't think K-State would be in a position to get them right now. No, for sure. And, and again, I, I only say that, and again, like I said, I'm not worried. And every, I feel like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like every single recruiting cycle is a little different. I, I yeah. feel like one of the last, like the second to last or the third to last Bill Snyder class had like eight dudes at, at this point a very early popping class and then there's some years where it seems like a lot of guys are going quick and then there's sometimes where it's like okay you look around the landscape of college football especially the kind of regional you know power five you know waters that k-state competes with it, it ends up getting into the summer before you see a lot of stuff popping um let, let's not talk, touch, touch on any of the Kansas kids because I, I want to specifically talk about, at least right now, the rivals top 12 here in a moment. But who are some of outside of Kansas, and there are some big time guys in Kansas City, Missouri Metro, who are the handful of really top targets that fans should maybe, uh, if they're into following recruiting, you know, check an eye on or just names that folks should know outside of the Kansas core that they're targeting right now? So outside of the Kansas core, I mean, I feel like you have to start with Josh Manning as a four-star receiver from the Kansas City area, and he's already visited a handful of times. I mean, his cousin is the one basketball signee. We'll see what ends up happening with Taj, 
but Josh has visited a few times. Casey was actually his first offer, which I think has helped them throughout this process. And then Thad Ward and him have developed a nice relationship. Uh, a newer one is also from the Kansas City area. At least to me, he's a newer target with how everything has trying to kind of transfolded in Jaden Doss, who I'm disappointed that I didn't get to see this past weekend at the Watch the Throne Empire tournament because I was out of town. But Jaden Doss is somebody that everybody keeps talking about. It's like a Debo Samuel type that is a do-it-all receiver, can play running back, can play in the slot, can play outside, and you just want to give him the ball. And again, Thad Ward, since he's been hired, has came out of the scene and has helped develop a relationship and really pitch K-State really well. Um, I mean, obviously at quarterback, everybody wants Avery Johnson, but if they don't get Avery Johnson, Zane Flores from Nebraska is probably the second option. And that's somebody that people need to keep in mind. And then another one of the out-of-state prospects that I think everybody needs to keep in mind for, I guess, two are both on the offensive line and Idaho's Jackson Fulmer, who I believe is originally from Kansas, or at least has Kansas ties with his family. And he's visited K-State a handful of times and really likes Connor Riley. And then the other offensive lineman is Colorado's Zachary Hitting, who for a little bit, it wasn't really sure how hard K-State was pursuing, but he was one of the first March visitors. And I think since that visit, K-State's taken off and probably leads for him at this point, if you ask me. Yeah, and, and I love hearing that. I, I think this is something that K-State fans had a little bit of worry about um, when Coach Klein came in, and then it's, I'm not going to say it's manifested, but you don't see a lot of time being spent around Texas. Now, there's a handful of prospects that I think was on the last big board on KSO, but do you have any sort of worry about how this staff has recruited during their time here at K-State and how they've seemingly kind of looked more to like Louisiana, Georgia, if you're looking to those traditional hotbeds they've been in? you know, the, the upper Midwest with the Idaho's and Dakota's and Nebraska, and then a lot of time in Colorado, almost nothing in Oklahoma. Uh, has the strategy that this staff has taken, does that worry you at all? Or do you think, hey, you know, this is where they think they can maximize their efforts? I mean, honestly, location, I feel like doesn't matter as much as people think. Like, obviously you want to be in Texas, but especially when the new Big 12 kind of comes to fold, I, I don't know how much Texas is going to be like a big asset for K-State because you're losing the biggest brand in Texas. And I, I just think that you can get players from anywhere and they'll be successful. I mean, we've seen that at K-State. We've seen that across the country that anywhere will have will produce good talent. And I like how they keep dipping into Georgia as well. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. But it, but it, I, if you go back and look at the first concerns with the Chris Kleiman staff that he assembled, it was lack of Texas recruiting ties. And then, again, I, I agree with you. I've been, I've been over the moon with the recruiting classes so far, so it's not my worry. But, you know, I, I figured I'd ask that. Here's one oh, more. You, you can, oh, I was going to say, you can also go through that Texas. The, well, the first full cycle that they got had, like, eight or nine Texas kids and I think only like two or three of them are still on the roster. I 
don't even know if it's two or three, but no, I, I, I'm right there with you. I, I trust the staff, especially their evaluation skills. Um, one final thing before we talk about the Ad Astra All-Stars, as I've dubbed them, um, and that's Coach Thad Ward. You mentioned him a few times right there. Um, and again, I'm not going to use this as a bash Jason Ray and Courtney Messingham uh, party right now, but how much of a kind of shot in the arm was Coach Ward's hiring when it comes to not only recruiting uh, the wide receivers, but just in, as a recruiting staff as a whole? I mean, I think that he was exactly what the staff needed. Like he is still pretty young. He's super energetic, can really relate to the players. He's funny on social media. He was kind of just the shot in the arm that everybody kind of needed. And I guess there's one other non-Kansas player that I should have mentioned, which is Ricky Humorazi, who also has a good relationship with Thad Ward. And it just seems like all of these receivers that they're in on right now, I'm not sure what would have happened if Ward wouldn't have stayed or wouldn't have came on. But he has done a great job so far of developing a relationship and fast because they were in on all of these kids before, and he's kind of just taken it to the next level so far. For sure. And, and, and I'm, a, I'm a bit of a liar because I'm going to ask about the two other coaching changes and how it's affected recruiting. First, we're going to go to former football guy of the week, Brian LePac. Um, he's seemingly also really been great in knowing how to build relationships. Again, uh, we can maybe talk about Will and his visit when we talk about the Kansas kids, but Brian LePac also has seemingly hit the ground running, and he's a guy that recruits are really connecting with and even started to connect with back when he was still just an analyst. What has he done in, I guess, what? You know, he, he came on in December, became full-time yeah. in January, so four or five months. What have you seen from Coach LePac on the recruiting trail? Uh, LePac, that's my guy. He's another super energetic dude. I mean, he's probably the most interesting coach in college football, if you ask me. He has a law degree. He passed the bar. He chose to be a football coach instead because he really likes the relationship with the kids and how he can mold all of them and help them kind of grow up a little bit. And he has some strong ties in Oklahoma because that's where he's from. So he's kind of getting all of those relationships out. He was really good when he was on the road before he was even hired full time. He was really good on the road. And he was one of the, he was the coach that kind of helped them get Donovan Ryman as well with Buddy Wyatt. And when he went out on the road, that was the first stop that I, I think he made was to go see Donovan Ryman. So he has a lot of relationships in Oklahoma. He's doing well. He's super funny too. I mean, we he was football the football guy of the week for a reason. I mean, we all saw the karaoke video. I, that signed me up to play for a coach that can do that too. Yeah, he's on the short list of off-season coaches we're trying to get on Bosco's was. Final thing, like I said, I, I've been teasing it for a bit. Uh, we're going to get to the Kansas kids, but also Coach Klein taking over as offensive coordinator. I feel like every single player who has been there for a spring practice has mentioned that the tempo is going faster. They're getting a little bit more creative, especially for the running backs and wide receivers, probably to an extent, you know, Avery Johnson and Zane Flores. What sort of like impact is that change of offense that they've gotten to see a sneak peek of in spring change maybe how they view possibly playing at K-State? I think it changes a lot. Like you think about 
pro style offenses and how they're a little bit slower. And it feels like you just need good athletes on the field for that at all times. But if you're playing with pace, it makes it more open for everybody. And it just feels like it's more fun and a fun offense because a lot of high schools now are going to spread offenses all the time. So you get to see that and you don't have to come in and change it. And people want to be, or the players want to be on the field and play like 60, 70 plays on offense at all times. And when you're only playing 50, 55, you're really limiting your base. And a lot of times a slower offense is kind of like a non-starter for a lot of, especially elite skill players that the slow pace doesn't really go with them. Yeah, so I, I feel like uh, it's good that we're getting all those quotes out from the offense players saying they're playing with pace, uh, seeing some of those quotes come out from the guys who have visited practice. I feel like that's awesome. Uh, before we talk about those Kansas kids, I want to give a quick shout out to Athletic Greens. You guys have seen me on Twitter. You've heard me talk about this on the podcast. I, I it's, it's not At this point, it's not an ad. This is just a testimonial. I take a scoop of the A1 Athletic Greens blend every single morning. It's 75 multi or there's 75 vitamins, minerals, and superfood source probiotics all in that one scoop. Put it in there, eight ounces of cold water, shake it up, chug it down. That's how I start my day. And folks, I have never felt better, especially as we're coming into all these allergy seasons, you know, just coming out of cold and flu season. Keep your vitamin, keep your health up. Get to athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Try it out today. With your order, you get five free travel packs and a year supply of the vitamin D droplets. So you can put that in your water. I'm drinking a gallon of water a day. I put a couple of vitamin D droplets in there. It's perfect to go with my basically brand new, super healthy self. You know, ignore me, the history of me. I'm healthy now. And all of that has to do with athletic greens. Not all of it, but a lot of it has to do with athletic greens. Also, download ColorCast. If you're listening to this on release day, Wednesday, 7 p.m., we are going live. We're talking K-State sports, folks. Every single Wednesday, we're going to go live at 7 p.m., except for when I'm in Hawaii. That'll be the first time we don't do a live show in a really long time. We're, we're going on eight. At that point, it'll be 18 months straight where we go live at least once, except for like the month where we didn't have a live sponsor, but ignore that. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to maybe have a couple fun non-K-State off-topic questions throughout the offseason every night. So come hang out for an hour, uh, chat with me, chat with the Boneheads. All right. I've teased it a few times. I'm all about – hold on. No. Okay. I got a really weird text. Um, <laughs> we're, we're good, though. Uh I've talked about it a little bit. I've dubbed this group the Ad Astra All-Stars because, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, from my amateur view, the state of Kansas has never gone 12 deep, at least in the Rivals era, having talent quite like this. You know, you have two four-stars on Rivals. You have more, more on 247, more on ESPN, but we're, we're going to use Rivals. You have two four-stars you have three more dudes who are, I would actually say four more dudes who are right there on the cusp. And uh-huh. then you have all 12 guys have power five offers. You have 
let me rephrase this. All 12 guys had multiple power five offers, except for Candid and BB, who probably would have had a elite offer sheet if folks even thought they had a chance going against K-State. They didn't even have a few power five prospects outside of that top 12, but we're going to focus on the top 12 for this episode. But just talk to me about how deep and how, you know, how deep the talent is and how good the talent is on the uh, top side of this top 12. Have you ever seen a class like this in Kansas prep history? I mean, this is a super, super deep class. I mean, you talked about how, how much talent there is. And then uh, Hayden Oviatt from Wamigo has a Colorado State offer as quarterback. Trey Richardson from Highland Park is getting a little bit of interest from schools. There's dudes that aren't even in the top 12 that I think could end up getting an offer from K-State or another Power 5 if they go to campus this June. Like, there's going to be kids that, like, we don't, we haven't heard of yet that probably get offers in June. And the talent at the top, number one, it just starts with Avery, and Avery, I think, is going to be super, super special. And, I mean, Dylan is just as special. If Dylan was 5'11", instead of six foot, or instead of five eight five nine rivals list him at five nine he is five seven on a good day but he he would be having almost as many offers as avery has right now as term in terms of like brand names if he was a little bit taller andre davis is a kid that's not originally from kansas but he has a pretty good offer sheet right now as well. Like there's so much talent right now in Kansas that it's, it's incredible, especially when you compare it to the next class isn't really that great right now, but there aren't as many names for 2024 as we keep hearing for 23 and they keep going for 23. For sure. Let's just, we'll, we'll quickly run through the names. John Randall Jr., I don't think K-State is really in on. You can correct me if I'm wrong. His recruitment has seemed to go a little quiet. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> confirm my my take. K-State not really involved. Do you really no, K-State's have not a, really involved. Yeah. Do you really have like a wind direction, like where he might be leaning currently? Honestly, no. I mean, I, I think I sent you that. He got offered by Texas sometime this – weekend I think and that was the first new offer that he's had since like last June so I I really have no idea where he's going but it's always seemed like he's gonna go to a bigger school so and he didn't really or he hasn't really given K-State any thought or KU which is interesting since his dad played there Uh, if you look at his offer sheet I don't think it's that interesting I wouldn't give KU (laughs) a shot either um let's also like tick off the other uh, I, I would say the other handful of names I don't really think K-State's involved in. Uh, Jaden Ham, he committed to Arkansas like almost super, a year super ago. early. Yeah, almost yeah. a year ago at this point. Um, he's listed as a tight end. I, I think there's probably some discussion on what position he actually plays in college. Um, Defensive. I, I don't assume they're even. I don't think there's any flip conversations right now with Jaden Ham. Is there? No, no. He he's somebody that I think would be a defensive end at the next level. I, I just think he's kind of stiff at tight end. Next name, and again, I, I don't think anything's changed since Thad Ward came in. Andre Davis, it doesn't seem like he is a guy who is destined to join up hashtag EMA23. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that statement as well. He's another one where I, he's just super quiet in general. So it's hard to know where he's leaning, but I don't think it's going to be K-State. Last one. Actually, I, there, there's two more I want to touch on before the ones who I think are very real K-State targets. Um, Jaden Bender's recruitment has gone quiet. Early on, he had a lot of buzz in his undergraduate years. Um, is he someone, because he holds currently offers from K-State and KU, um, is he someone who's going to have to get in front of coaches and do the camp circuit to kind of reignite his recruitment? I, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I mean, he's another one where just because it's gone quiet, kind of all around, it's hard to really know what is going on. But I, I would say the camp circuit would be good for him again. Then the last one, and while he recently took a visit, I'm not going to kind of put him in the territory of possibly uh, being in play. You can tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong, but Calvin Clements, uh, he's at Lawrence Free State. And again, K-State has done far better in the city of Lawrence than KU has, but he's always seemed to keep K-State at arm's length and I think surprised folks when he came in for a visit. What's the update on Calvin? Um, I was one of the people that was surprised when he got, or when he went to Manhattan for a visit for the last junior day, because he, out of all the in-state prospects that we're going to talk about, he's the only one that didn't visit K-State during the season. So it was a, it was a little surprising to me to see him visit in March, but I don't think much has changed. I've thought for a while that Baylor or Oklahoma State is probably where he ends up which again, he's from Lawrence and KU is probably third or fourth at best. So and, and I'm, that. I'm fine with that. You, you got to keep <laughs> KU losing in state uh, and just keep, keep, keep it happening. Uh, let's talk about the guys where K-State is squarely in the recruitment. Let's start with the big one, Avery Johnson. He is the number one recruit in the state over on 247. He's number two in, uh, over on Rivals. He is currently, and I'm pulling it up, he is currently, I think, a top 10 dual threat quarterback. And it's starting to get a little slow, but, you know, a top 10 dual threat quarterback. He's a blue chip guy. I think yes. for what, about a month or so, it's been basically K-State or Arkansas. The third team has kind of ebbed and flowed throughout this time, you know, uh, Notre Dame has popped up. Washington has popped up. There's been a handful of schools have kind of been involved with the top three, but it's been K-State who's been on them the longest and most consistent and Arkansas, which is the one who's probably closest. Where does that recruitment stand? When do you think he's going to make his visit? And I do think K-State fans loved seeing him and, uh, you know, his quote unquote best friend, Dylan Edwards, both on campus on the same day to witness spring practice. So his recruitment, it, what you're going to hear me say a lot right now is that it's trending up. Like, if you would have asked me two months ago, I would say Arkansas was probably in the lead. But Arkansas has kind of done a little reshuffle of their board, and I'm not sure where he is because they're, the first weekend of June, they got like two or three quarterbacks on campus instead of him. And I don't think he's visited Arkansas yet this month. So I'm not really sure where he stands with them because it kind of take it takes two to tango as we've realized. And K-State's been on him for, from this jump and has made them or, or has made him their biggest priority at quarterback. 
that's really stood out and we didn't really touch on it a whole lot but Klein getting promoted from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator has really helped in his recruitment because he wants to be able to be in the position meeting with his offensive coordinator as well and it's really trended up the new offense has helped K-State's done a lot in his recruitment to jump up and maybe even have the lead right now but I I would expect him to be committed by the end of May if I was to guess it just would make sense with the quarterback dominoes and how fast quarterbacks fall off the board that he would want to come in and he said from the jump that he wants to commit somewhere early that way he can help recruit other players as well yeah, and, and I was wrong. Not only top 10, but number three as a dual threat quarterback on Rivals and currently the 235 national prospect. Let's get to the name where I had written him off until recently, and that is Dylan Edwards. Everyone thought when that Oklahoma offer came in, it was done and dusted, but he hasn't popped yet. He hasn't visited recently. Uh, well, no, I don't know when the last time he actually was at Oklahoma. Because I'm, I'm looking at his, his, at his I think it was page. January. January. So it's, it's been since he got his offer. He was at K-State, and it does seem – and he's been at K-State recently. It does seem like that recruitment is a little bit more back on. I do think it is only a two-horse race. I actually think, at least if anything's to be believed, Jackson State actually might be the number three team in on him right now. Um, what are you hearing on Dylan Edwards? Is it – a two-horse race is a five-horse race. What what do you think is going on with him? And I'll say he is the number 12 all-purpose back in the class of 2023. Uh, I mean, with Dylan, we've always said that Oklahoma was the one school that could challenge K-State. It didn't necessarily mean that he, they would end up winning. But if there was going to be one school that we thought could uproot K-State, it was going to be Oklahoma. And now Oklahoma is trending for other running backs. And there's a kid from Oklahoma, I think his name is Eric McCarthy, who is one who was one of their first commits that may or may not play running back. He's kind of an athlete, linebacker, running back. But there's talk about him potentially playing running back. And they're training well for a four-star running back from Waco, I believe. And you get those two, I feel like they would cool off on Dylan, which means that K-State would probably land him. And I think that I'd agree that Jackson state might be third in his recruitment, but like, I feel like it's a distant third place. It's been Casey at Oklahoma for a long time. The next one, another Topeka cat. And I think the rumor is he's going to be on campus uh, as folks are listening to this tomorrow on Thursday, the seventh, I believe is a, a rumor I was hearing, but that's Joe Odding. Um, weirdly enough, kind of balls on the basketball floor as well, but uh, he, he fits that, you know, athletic offensive lineman that K-State really loves. Um, luckily, I think the big offer that might make this a competition is Iowa. They haven't popped, so at least I'm to believe that we are the leader in the clubhouse and they're going to be pushing hard to get that commitment sooner rather than later. What are you hearing about, hopefully, fellow Topeka Cat Joe Otting? Uh, I would say that, that what you said is exactly correct, that K-State is squarely in the lead. And as long as Iowa doesn't offer, I feel like he could commit as soon as Thursday. And he, like you said, he's 
athletic lineman. I got to see him on the basketball court in person, and he was super impressive. Somebody posted on, I think, the message board that he has, like, the old-school, like, 50-year-old rec guy playing at the gym basketball game, which is so fun to watch because he just gets under the rim and just bullies people. I think he had a double-double in the game that I went to. He's super athletic. He was one of the best linemen that we saw in June at camps. He actually was the first camp offer from last June on, like, June 5th, and then immediately visited right after. And it's just felt like that recruitment since K-State offered has they've been in the lead the whole time. I mean, he really loves Connor Riley. He, he's visited, like, four or five times now. If they really pressed hard, I think they could get him to pop as soon as Thursday. Well, I will be – I have my tweet alerts on for Taylor Brett. Hopefully we get a bring on the Cats. Uh, one who recently visited, uh, Will, is it Anqua? I, I believe it's Anciel. I don't know. It's like Cajun that, last name. I don't know. Yeah, okay. not, not 100%. Once he commits – uh, if he commits, I will I will dedicate myself to figuring out how to pronounce the last name. Tight end out of Cape and Mount Carmel. Talk about that recent visit and how that maybe uh, has put K-State again. We've said it with a handful of these guys. Maybe not in the driver's seat, but right there up at the top. Yeah, they're they're right up there at the top, I, I think, with Iowa State. And on this past visit, he really connected with the staff, and the staff did all the right things with him. And Brian LaPac, our guy, was really, really good with him on the visit. And I'm not sure they've done really, really well with every visit so far that we've talked to and talked with the players about. But I think what they did with the visit uh, with Anciel might be the best thing that they've done considering where he goes to school and what they ended up doing. Uh, go to KSO and read DY's update on Anciel if, if you want to know what I'm talking about. See, that's how you market. That is, that, that is great right there. Uh, Camden Beebe is already in the uh, – he's already in the, the bag. DY has said, and I don't know if you've gotten to see him play live, but he said that BB as a junior was already further along than uh, his older brother was as a senior, as a prospect. You know, he's tipping the scales already at 330. He probably has a little bit of, uh, can switch out some of that weight for some muscle, but he's striking me as a dude who may follow in his brother's footsteps and be playing early in his career. Um, his recruitment's done, dusted. Uh, he's active on social media. He's really trying to get Joe Otting. Um, if it is Joe and Camden, how great of a, you know, hashtag Kansas beef haul is that for the 2023 class? That that would be the ideal pairing, especially when you consider what they got at tackle last, last cycle with Pastore and Jalen Clem, that you could imagine all four of those guys starting pretty early on the offensive line, even though you kind of don't want that because – they have some other dudes that they have that are really, really good too. But if you have that four, that that's the best four linemen that they, they've had. And then that doesn't include Drake Beckwith, who is another really versatile lineman as well that they got last cycle. 
offensive line recruiting has been incredible since this staff has been hired. And it's probably the position that they've done the best at, even though they haven't gotten a lot of their top targets, they've recovered well and still have gotten a lot of high ceiling guys. I mean, I think Jalen Clem from the last cycle was, has one of the highest ceilings out of anybody that they signed. Definitely. Now we'll go before we end with, ironically enough, the number 12 player on, on the list. He's one of my favorite guys. But before we get there, let's talk about Jordan Allen. Talk about a guy whose recruitment really took off. I feel like, I think Iowa State was the first one to offer. But after yeah. that happened, his recruitment has really taken off, having offers from K-State, Iowa State, KU, Washington, Vanderbilt, and Missouri and Nebraska are sniffing around as well. Why was his kind of, you know, he's listed as a defensive end. Um, why was his recruitment a little slower to kick off? And what is it about him that made it uh, really, you know, start hopping pretty hard? And then where does K-State stand with Mr. Allen? I think part of the reason that he had a recruitment take off a little bit later is that he was good this season, but he's had a couple, I think it was videos or tweets about like, some measurables that he's had that has really taken off and gotten people gotten people's attention and he's a super super athletic defensive end slash linebacker and he'd play the Khalid Duke spot in K-State's defense so he could he would be in that role immediately and he grew up a K-State fan, so K-State's going to be squarely in the mix. I think Iowa State's probably their biggest competition, uh, along with uh, with Ansio, I think Iowa State's probably their biggest competition. So K-State, again, trending up, squarely in the mix. I feel like I've just repeated myself this whole time. But that's good. But that's good. Like, I, I've been pestering you. You and I, you know, text, DM quite often. Like, we, we, we said the guys that they're not in on, but – you know, you could realistically see, you don't, I mean, you have to squint pretty hard because even if you said 50-50 for every single one yeah. of these guys at the end, when you, when you tally it all up and you do the math, it, math, it comes down to like 5%, but it's not out of this world to think you get Johnson, Edwards, Auding, Will A, uh, you know, Camden's already in there, Jordan and Wesley Fair. So you're getting close to half, if not all, maybe that's six, three four, five, six, seven, over half of the top 12 in the most talented Kansas prep class, maybe of all time. Um, yeah. You don't, you don't have to squint that hard for it to be realistic. Yeah. Because again, like you said, you, you could be seeing Auden pop this week. You could be seeing, uh, you know, Avery Johnson by the end of May, you don't really know the time frame. Well, maybe you do. What's the time frame for Jordan Allen, Wesley fair and will, uh, because I, I don't think I asked for those. So just for those guys, are they all just kind of like, a, oh, let's wait and see, or have any of them kind of come out and said, hey, this is what my timeline's looking like? They're kind of wait and see, especially Jordan Allen and Wesley Fair. Just their recruitment's all started so late that it it's not impossible to think that it doesn't end up coming to fruition until June, July for either of them. But they've kind of – I mean, it's just because they started so late. But Will, I'm not really sure, because he's another quiet kid too. So we'll see. I I 
first and I thought that he could have come in uh, on his visit. I think it was last week, but he didn't. So we'll, we're kind of waiting and seeing. The best thing about this staff that I think that resonates with the kids is that they don't like try and force the issue and get you to commit right away. And that they want you to be genuine, take your time, learn about everywhere, learn about them, establish the relationship, and then you can commit like eventually on your own time. Like I, I appreciate that. And I think a lot of the kids do too. All right. And then finally, again, probably my favorite guy out of the outside of uh, Avery Johnson, Dylan Edwards, and that's Wesley Fair. Talk about an athlete. I mean, he, he, I mean, hit, between him and Avery Johnson, they could have a pretty fire slam dunk contest. If you go yeah. back and look at their uh, huddle just from basketball, uh, Wesley Fair, again, he's another one where, you know, I, I was talking to you, I was freaking sick to my stomach nervous that this guy was going to commit to Iowa State up on his visit. But I think some of that might be a little premature because it doesn't, it didn't happen. Sounds like K-State, again, squarely in the mix, close to the driver's seat. And K-State, Iowa State, KU with offers. Um, Louisiana Tech also offered. Minnesota starting to poke around a little bit. But talk to me about Wesley Ferris' game and where does K-State stick with or sit with him? Uh, I mean, you hit it on the head. Super, super athletic. Um, he, between him, Avery, and Odding, you could get one heck of a basketball team for this football team. 2023 target list um he hits really hard he can really really run he's somebody that i think that if k-state really wants him they should probably try and get him in that june area because he's somebody that i think if he went to national camps he could blow up a little bit because he's really really good and he fits exactly what they want to do with this defense he can really run. He can really hit. He can, He's versatile at safety. He really likes talking ball. That's two things. That's the, the number one thing that he's said about all of his visits so far is that he's really liked talking with Joe Klanerman just about the defense and going through film study. And he likes how the K-State players during practice will like ask questions. And he's super, he's a really good kid, super smart. His time frame, like I said, probably June, July, just because it started so late. I think K-State was his first offer in January, I want to say. So he's kind of taking his time. He wants to learn about all the schools. But again, squarely in the mix, top two. But if again, like I said, it's like that for everybody, which is a good thing because it means, number one, that not a lot of people have came off the board, which is a good thing. And then number two, like you don't have to squint that hard to be like, they could get four or five of these seven kids that we've talked about. They could get yep, four seven. or five easily. I want them all. I'm selfish. I want them all. And then I want, uh, you know, Jaden Bender to have like a good camp and then he comes as well. So I, I want all the like, legitimate power five Kansas kids because uh, I, I love it when we have classes like this where it's a lot of high quality uh, recruits where if you win them you're having to win actual battles so that's all I have with you I think I probably even went longer than I thought I was going to but I love talking about uh, you know K-State recruiting these local Kansas kids especially when they're uh, 
they have this high quality. Before we leave, just you know, let the folks know what's going on over at KSO. What what should they uh, be checking out if they are a subscriber? And basically, kind of tease out you know what folks are missing if they're not subscribing. Uh, so if you're subscribed, you know that we cover recruiting and team information about as well as about anyone does. I would say, um, if you're not subscribed, you're really missing out on a lot of information that we gather and post and we post it right away there's no teasing or anything i will say that flando might talk about this too but this weekend uh dy and flando will be in indianapolis for an aau tournament so they'll have some coverage of that they'll there's supposed to be some k-state targets in attendance um so if you're not subscribed do it if you're if you are tell your friends there we go. All right. Thank you so much for that. And this is going to wrap up this show, this midweek show that I promised you guys. And, you know, I have some weekend plans that popped up. So, you know, just be happy. I'm giving this to you midweek and I'm going to get you something else on Monday. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, keep rocking with us. We're going to have at least one show a week, every single week, all through the off season. And then folks, you know, it in July, that's going to kick off blitz month. We're only, uh, we're what four months away from August blitz month. We might even do a show a day in July as well, because Hey, why not? So we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And Hey, I don't know what's going on in grant's life, but he's always going to be at the cat head, just waiting for you. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in spirit. K-State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a Wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. K-State Wildcats for alma mater fight, fight, fight.
Sports Social Podcast Network.